We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Rotoware NFL podcast, of course, brought to you by Circus Sports. Week six carnage uh, in terms of injuries, whether it be running backs, wide receivers, a few quarterbacks as well, too. And six teams on by. That's what we're looking at here with a week seven slate that is going to be frustrating. Jake, I looked at the over-unders. Nine of the 13 games are going to be within three points. And then there's only two games above 45 points from an mm-hmm. over-under perspective. I think well, unders went like 9-2-1 and one this oh, week. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. It, it's, a, it's a good time to be betting the under, I guess, even though I always... I'm part of the life's too short train, but you know what? I guess uh, the way the NFL's going, the way the refereeing, the officiating's going this week, it's uh, under city all over the place. Yeah, uh, my against the spread record on the Tuesday article I write every week, it looks great. Just don't scroll down any further and see my over-under, which is <laughs> like 10 games below 500. Because I'm with you. I'm, I'm living every day, uh, hoping for more offense, hoping for good football. I'm not sure we're seeing that this week, but we still have fantasy that we need to worry about. I want to hit the music, and we'll come back with what is sure to be Probably one of the more difficult wave wire pickups uh, in recent memory. So stick around. Again, welcome everyone to the Tuesday edition of the RotoWire NFL podcast brought to you by Circus Sports. I'm Joe Bartle. You can follow me on Twitter, JB Fantasy Sports. You can follow Jake, who has made his return back from Vegas after a week off, uh, at RotoJake on Twitter. I, I, we're going to talk about our WaveWire pickups, and we'll do it very quickly. I promise our listeners uh, are very interested in knowing as soon as they can who to pick up. But real quick, what was the experience like uh, at that Raiders trip from two years ago? Or two years ago, two weeks ago. Two weeks ago. No, uh, Allegiant Stadium was awesome. It was one of the coolest places that I've ever watched football. Though I mean, I can't say I've uh, watched too many places outside of Lambeau. Um, I we were we were the two hundred level in uh, the end zone. We were right below the stage, so I didn't expect to turn around and see a Warren G and Two Short concert at halftime. But I was very happy <laughs> to get that. Indeed, that was. Uh, I mean, that was quite the thing. They put on. Uh, um, <laughs> I, I equated it to when uh, to when uh, China hosted the. Olympics and they had that crazy opening ceremony. Yeah. I think they really showed out for uh, for national TV and the Monday Night Football crowd, and it was a it was a cool thing to be a part of. Of course, the outcome uh, wasn't quite what I had hoped, but uh, I mean, Packer fans also just took over that city. Everywhere I went, every casino I went, it didn't matter where. There was a Go Pack Go chance going, and uh, oh, so we, cool. we we represented well. You could hard, I, if I went to the bathroom and there was a cheer, I couldn't tell. 
if I should be happy or sad because it was about equal, <laughs> right? So um, overall, great place to watch some football. Uh, fun time to recap that. Yeah, unfortunately, the Packers did not represent well, and uh, I have I've completely gone off the rails. I don't know if you listened to the podcast last week. I'm out on Jordan Love. Matt Lafleur sucks. Uh, I'm I'm already there <laughs> as a Packers fan. So you'll have to bring me back. Obviously, we're only in week seven. Uh, Packers have a think think it's an interesting matchup against the Broncos this week. We'll have to talk about mm-hmm. that next week because this week we have a lot of different waiver wire pickups and guys that I think uh, it can really go either way. So because of that and because we have six teams on by complicating things even further, we're going to change up our format a little bit. Typically, we always talk about the Monday Night Football game. Uh, I, I'm okay if we don't really do that all that much mm-hmm. today. And Outside also, of cut Quentin Johnston, I don't think there's really yeah, anything we'll to get learn there. from the I, I am, I'm game. ready to take uh, my my victory lap of L's on that one. And then also uh, normally go quarterbacks right away. I think we stick to running backs almost immediately mm-hmm. because there is such a tumultuous nature exactly. with that, with the, those pickup yeah. options. I want to get our top five mm-hmm. wave wear pickups though, out of the way right away. And I think the best way to do this, Jake is just kind of going back and forth. You yep. and I, who is your favorite waiver wear pickup this week? So I, I kind of copped out and cheated and did Jordan Mason slash Elijah Mitchell. But when it comes down to it, um, I'm actually picking Elijah Mitchell and this is counterintuitive to uh, what most people think. Um, especially if you watch the snap distribution last week. Um, and we can discuss this more when we get into the specific uh, backs. But there's some reasons I like Elijah Mitchell. And I think Kyle Shanahan likes Elijah Mitchell a little bit more too, uh, given that he is fully healthy and it looks like he's taking steps towards that. So I'm actually uh, leaning Mitchell over uh, Jordan Mason. Now, Mason had more practice time. You know, you can say all of that. But those are the two that you're going to dial in on. And, I mean, if I could tell you, I could say this with maybe 55% confidence. I mean, one of these guys is the guy. Mm-hmm. And this is, of course, because Christian McCaffrey is out with his rib slash oblique injury here. Not I've out. Seen, not out. I not out. Okay. The language you're yeah. using. All right. Very careful. He, he yep. missed time Sunday due to the separate injuries. Mm-hmm. They play Monday night, so they'll have an additional day of rest. And of all the running back injuries we're going to talk about, and there's a lot. There's probably more optimism for CMC than there is mm-hmm. anyone else. So just just to be clear, I've seen anywhere from out. I've seen anywhere from miss one week, miss two to four weeks, and then of course this thing saying out. So I'm operating as if we're at least not going to have them on Monday Night Football, and then they'll save them for the extra week, which is why I'm ranking you know the Niners backups number one. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that, but I actually do have Jordan Mason as my top pickup this week. Mm-hmm. I would take him over Elijah Mitchell as well, and I think Kyle Shanahan really does care about the hot hand, and in this case, I think it is Jordan Mason. But mm-hmm. we'll discuss the the breakdown yep. of both those guys. And stay and tuned for fab bids and all this stuff. We just want to get a top five quick out of the way right off the bat when everyone's yeah. listening. Who is your Who is your number two option if we're saying that we're going to combine the the 49er running backs? Yeah, I actually put uh, Craig Reynolds down as number two. Um, I like him uh, because. David Montgomery, again, you know, he, he's injured again. He's always banged up here. And, you know, when I wrote this down, Jameer Gibbs had also missed two consecutive games with a hamstring injury. Yep. Um, maybe he's looking a little bit more optimistic here. But even if Gibbs comes back, I don't think he's suddenly going to come back from a hamstring injury and get 20 carries. I think we have at least 15 touches for Craig Reynolds, provided David Montgomery misses. And it's seen, all signs seem to indicate that he has a better chance of missing than McCaffrey. So I'm going to another back of Craig Reynolds there. Yeah, and, and that one actually almost is – it's not like he's listed as out, but I would I would sooner assume by – Thursday, we'll find out that Montgomery's on injured reserve or out for. I don't know if it's that serious, but I do not think David Montgomery is playing this week for the line. So I agree with you. Craig Reynolds is my number two selection. Jared Gibbs uh, and Dan Campbell, head coach lines, and said Jameer Gibbs is almost guaranteed to be back next week. And you think about this season when Montgomery missed one game, Gibbs had, I think, 17 carries and a couple of catches. 
Yep. I don't think that's happening again. I, I think mm-hmm. Craig Reynolds is going to be more of a factor. I think yep. uh, he's don't mess around with hamstring injuries. And they with, were already being conservative with his exactly. usage early on until they couldn't anymore. I don't think they're going to mess around too much. Uh, Netflix or whatever you want to call it, Craig Reynolds has a role. Yeah, I, I get concerned that he can't replicate David Montgomery's role, though, especially in the red zone. You know, at 5'10", mm-hmm. 215 pounds, you wouldn't think that's the bruiser. And I don't know why Leonard Fournette hasn't signed with the Lions at this point because I think mm-hmm. that's that's actually the guy that would fit yeah. very I actually well think in Leonard Fournette, mind. Leonard Fournette could tie a new uh, my next pick up, my number three. Oh, okay. Who's your number three guy? And that's Zach Evans of the Rams. Now, you might think, Zach Evans, who the heck? What's going on here? Well, we know Kyron Williams is probably going to miss this week. I think he's been ruled out. I'm pretty sure he's been ruled out. It has been ruled out, yeah, but that one's the the most obvious. It looks like he's going to get ruled out. Ronnie Rivers has a PCL sprain. So, really, the last guy left is uh, Zach Evans. Now, uh, there's a practice squad guy, Royce Freeman, I believe, who's around. I'm not really afraid of him. It seems like the Rams, we said this at the beginning of the year in, their, in our over-under show, how they're a team that should be rebuilding but doesn't believe they're rebuilding. Mm-hmm. And they're 3-3 three and three right now, so they're definitely not out of it. I could see them going out and trying to make a move on a guy like Leonard Fournette here. So that's, that's where I'd be watching Leonard Fournette. But uh, as things currently stand, Zach Evans with maybe a little dose, dose of Royce Freeman. Excuse me. Yeah, and Royce I should be clear, the, the reason this happened is because I dropped uh, Leonard Fournette in our super deep Dynasty League and in another Dynasty League where I, it's 30 roster spots. That's the only reason why Leonard Fournette is actually trending, because I did finally drop him last week, and now I would have to spend major fab if he signs somewhere. I liked the other end of the Rams' backfield. I like Royce Freeman more than I do Zach Evans. And you talked about what the Rams' nature of this season would be. If they were one and five or even two and four and kind of committed to seeing what they have from a young talent perspective, like Jim Coventry and I discussed last week with Amari DiMarcato, which was not correct, by the way. And we'll talk about that. Maybe that guy, mm-hmm. maybe well, that I mean, gets we for- didn't know Keontae Ingram situation. would be back at that point either. So. Yeah, yeah, and I think actually Keontae Ingram is, is part of my top five list as well, and I forgot to include him initially. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I think the Rams want to be competitive, and I think Royce Freeman is the better running back. And you're like, well, what do you mean? Royce Freeman's been around four or five years, Joe. Uh, he's been uh, a guy that's tossed around as much as Josh Dobbs does, uh, Cardinals quarterback. I, they're both good players, right? Like Dobbs been in that spot for a reason. Royce Freeman has been in that spot for a reason. I always call myself a Mario Puig disciple. I know you are as well, too. Mario is a complete stand for Royce Freeman and has always been kind of a little bit of a fade on Zach Evans dating back to his days uh, with Ole Miss specifically. So I, I think Royce Freeman actually could be a thing. But just like the 49ers backfield, and I think just like what's going to happen with the Lions backfield, they might get split to an extent that none of these guys are fantasy viable. So while we might talk about five different running backs to pick up this week, if you were to say, I know definitively three of these are getting mm-hmm. 10 points, I'd say you're wrong. There's yeah. you, you can't. You I mean, that's know. just that's the side effect of doing the show on Tuesday, right? I mean, mm-hmm. because the biggest pickup of the week isn't going to get settled till Monday night, and so much can happen between now and then. So we're going to throw out a ton of names. Hopefully lead you in the right direction. You're probably going to need a little bit of luck, too, and uh, maybe you get lucky in one of those leagues has Thursday waivers, uh, you know, like our stake league, for example, where mm-hmm. things are uh, a little more conclusive at that point. Yeah, uh, and I guess just to give us a different element, again, I might have Kanta Ingram among my top five as well because he seemed like the clear starting running back over popular waiver wear pickup last week, Mario DiMercato. Mm-hmm. Uh, just to talk about other positions for a second, you had one tight end that yep. probably cracks your top five. I threw Michael Mayer on this list. He's only 5% rostered on Yahoo. He's my number four pickup. Um, again, six teams on buys this week. So Bengals probably didn't have Irv Smith there. You know, I could go through them all. Bengals, Cowboys, Titans, Jets, Panthers, Texans. Not huge name tight ends on there, but Michael Mayer has been, he was someone heavily rostered at the start of the year. 
wasn't really involved and now suddenly is getting, is getting in, into the game. It looks like he is part of the game plan, and he actually looks good. He passed the eye test for me, and it's the Patriots who are uh, surprisingly one of the worst very, teams very in the league. But uh, I like the soft from Mayer's usage here. And um, while the Raiders' play has been encouraging of late, I feel like uh, you know e- eventually they're going to get to a point where they're going to really stretch these young guys out, and I think Mayer passes the eye test. And it's... Uh, I mean, he was already a target for Dynasty Leagues, but now I think I'm seeing some redraft value coming into play. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. That makes sense. We'll talk about our boy Luke Musgrave when we get to the tight end section later on the show. I'm having to drop Luke Musgrave in a few spots just due to roster Mm -hmm. constriction, which might not be I was close last week, but I ended up dropping Jordan Love in several leagues last week. Yeah, that's fine because he's he's not a good quarterback either. That's that's okay. Uh, We'll talk about tight ends more, and I think Michael Mayer is obviously a good choice. I Mm -hmm. wanted to just mention receiver real quick. It's certainly not as deep. But I think it's less confusing. If a guy like Rasheed Rice, who was just mm-hmm. under our 50% roster threshold and is our cover boy, uh, if he's available, that's an obvious pickup. And I think finally is defining himself as the number one receiver for the Chiefs. Uh, I would also mention uh, Jackson Smith, the Jigba, another mm-hmm. first-round rookie receiver. Uh, he's very interesting in terms of uh, routes ran and uh, snaps and target distribution this week. He's yeah, and he very fell below the 50% uh, yep. threshold. He was 48% well, when I checked last night. Yep. Uh, and I will take the, the L on the other rookie receiver, Quentin Johnston. If the Chargers couldn't figure it out uh, with a week five bye, how to get their first-round receiver involved, mm-hmm. who was supposed to fit seamlessly in there for Mike Williams yeah. next season. Herbert they even never had him to. wide open on one occasion. Yeah. couldn't seem to hit him. So no, that's just, just that's the Chargers doing Charger things, and uh, I failed all of you for assuming the Chargers would be competent. That, that's on me. I take mm-hmm. the loss. Uh, I'm sorry, Jake and everyone else listening, to lead you astray, assuming an NFL team would recognize what they need to do, but clearly the Chargers suck. Yeah, okay. And then uh, number five, you know, I was going to go Rasheed Rice, but that feels like a cop-out at 45% rostered. I like where he's heading in that offense in general. But uh, my official number five pickup is actually going to be Sam Howell. There are some startable, or there are definitely some quarterbacks that are getting started on by. Mm-hmm. Sam Howell is only 38% rostered. And he, I saw this, Payne wrote this in his article. It's a, it, it's a great little thing for perspective here. Uh, in Payne's column, he wrote that he's, Sam Howell is averaging more fantasy points per game than Dak Prescott, Matt Stafford, Trevor Lawrence, and Joe Burrow. Yet he's 38% rostered here. And he gets a pretty good uh, matchup at uh, the Giants this week. So um, a lot of people are going to have to stream quarterbacks, and Howell is the first name I am typing in. Okay, yeah, that's, that's a good one, too. Again, six teams on by, so could be very complicated from a quarterback position. I want to take a break. We're going to get a sponsor here from our Blue Wire uh, group in a second. Obviously, if you're watching the video, it'll be a brief break. Listening audio-wise, we'll come back in just a second. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Indeed. 
Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, we're back, and we ran through our top five list. We're going to expand things a little bit further. We're going to talk about mm-hmm. quarterbacks. Andrew Guyman in the chat is asking some streaming options. We'll get there in a little bit, too. I think it's most important to discuss the running backs in a bit more detail because mm-hmm. there is a lot of different question marks, and frankly, you could be targeting eight guys, and I think in, in deeper leagues you might have to because there is no guarantees, especially mm-hmm. when we're doing the show Tuesday, as to who is going to start and who's going to get more playing time. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, of course – I want to elaborate just a little bit more on the 49ers backfield because I think we both had some component of San Francisco as number one on our top five lists of overall pickups this week here. And and granted, you know, there's a lot of information, a lot of news can change since since then. But let me run into why um, I picked Elijah Mitchell number one over Jordan Mason. Now, just to recap here, uh, Mitchell only 12.7% of the snaps. He had two carries for minus three yards, zero targets on four routes run. Meanwhile, Jordan Mason, 27.3% of snaps, five for 27 in a touchdown, zero targets on six routes run. So you look at the box score and think, Jake, are you crazy? What the heck happened here? And I really had to check out some of the Shanahan press conference comments afterwards to um, to really to make up my mind on this one because Right heading into the season, you know, after week one, Mitchell was 49, 50% rostered mm-hmm. in Yahoo formats. He was heavily, he, he was, because of what's happened in past years, he was regarded as the handcuff or the backup here to Christian McCaffrey. And I definitely took Elijah Mitchell in a 16 team league where I took McCaffrey number three because, and I reached for him too because I knew I was going to have to because a McCaffrey injury that can happen uh, ruins you in a 16 team league. But anyway, here's why I'm thinking Mitchell, and it's all about Shanahan's comments here. Um, so there are a couple of things here. One, Mason got work because he had a full week of practice, whereas Elijah Mitchell was kind of coming back from a bit of a knee injury. So that explains at least why Mason got more work this week. And I think the offense is a well-oiled machine enough to say that whoever gets the work is going to be productive from a fantasy standpoint. No, they won't be McCaffrey. We can't roll out and project him for 23 fantasy points every week. But 15, 10, 15 seems like a reasonable floor. So whoever gets it is going to be productive. But the big thing here, and I pulled this, I saved this tweet actually from Jamie Eisenberg, um, who was you know at the Shanahan presser, and he asked um, Kyle Shanahan if he would be okay with Jordan Mason being the top running back if McCaffrey is out. Here's what he said. Yeah, we'll see. Elijah earned a ton with, with us over the years. I think Elijah, when he has been healthy, mm. has been as good of a back as there is. He's just had a hard time staying healthy, but I can't take away anything from JP. And so you know he goes on and on. But he's basically asked, Jordan Mason, can he be the lead back? And he used that opportunity to talk exclusively about Elijah Mitchell. Yeah, that's true. That would be a uh, – I don't think he's playing that big a 3D checkers or 3D chess with that misdirection there, really. He's just – he's at the presser. He's answering the question right away. Right. 
I think that Elijah Mitchell, you know, provided that he can get a full week of practice in and that he didn't have any setbacks this past week, I think Elijah Mitchell is going to be more than Jordan Mason in this situation here. And maybe they have a split. Maybe they're both productive, which is certainly possible in this offense here. But uh, that's why I'm leading Elijah Mitchell as my number one pickup. Hearing it straight from the coach when he was asked about Jordan Mason, he changed the topic to Elijah Mitchell immediately. So that seems to tell me something. I hadn't seen that. That's that's great. I actually agree with you. Uh, I'm changing my number one list now. I'm going to have Elijah Mitchell number one. Jordan Mason might be number two. And that's the interesting part of this because we'll talk about a bit more with the receiver, receivers later. But Debo Samuel injured, and I think his status seems less guaranteed, less certain. Less, I, I think he is less less likely to play Monday than Christian McCaffrey is. And if mm-hmm. Debo Samuel is out and Christian McCaffrey is out, it's entirely possible they have to have Jordan Mason and Elijah Mitchell get involved. Mm-hmm. There's 15 touches pretty, for both of them. Right. Yeah, defense absolutely. could pretty easily key on George Kittle and Brandon Ayuk. So that's that's another part of this that really complicates things from the 49ers offense. Mm-hmm. They play the Vikings on Monday. Uh, great matchup. Obviously, it's a matchup that you want. 100% Monday complicates things as well. I mean, this is – I mean, it's – you couldn't drop a more gross and frustrating situation than what fantasy managers are going to have to deal with with the six teams on by a critical team playing on Monday and a coach like uh, Anthony from the chat mentions and Kyle Shannon, who typically does not give a whole lot of information that helps people from the fantasy or gambling community. Yeah, it's 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 very tricky. I, I won't lie. It's a very tricky spot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no doubt about that. And it's it's definitely going to change and it's going to mold quite a bit between now and then. But if I'm in the leagues that I am, well, okay, so I guess, you know, for personal experience, if I have McCaffrey and I don't have Mitchell, I'm making a pretty hefty fat bid. I'm talking 15 to 20%. And I'm backing it up with a 12 to 17% on Mason. I might even just go 15-15 uh, on both and just say. And let the chips I, fall. I, yeah. Then, then I, the decision making's out of your hand. I like that. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go 50. And if I get both, that's fine. Because there's going to be a point where one emerges as the mm-hmm. clear guy. And uh, I will not feel like I wasted fab to solidify and secure yep. which one of those will be the top guy. If I don't have McCaffrey, my bid is probably a little bit less, maybe 8 to 12%. Okay. Because the thing is, is you can get 5 to 6% bids on a bunch of these other guys that we're talking about. Even and you're going to help with someone probably of quality, you know? Yeah, I think even less. And there's going to be the top option here with the San Francisco guys because the offense is pretty good. Historically, Kyle Shanahan knows to do even with lesser running backs, and they have a great matchup. But I think there's five other guys that we have to speculate on typically on Wednesdays, right? If we're saying polling our audience, when is wave aware fab? It's either Tuesday or Wednesday for a lot of people. So you will have the option to pick up somebody for free. I think later on as more information comes out. And this, I mean, the running back list that we have is one of the most extensive. There are a lot of, there are a lot of committees that are evolving and there are a lot of people we thought were RB2 where when you take a deeper dive at the box store are, are creeping up into RB1, at least on their team territory or even timeshare. So there's a ton of guys in that sense that we can discuss. Yeah, let's get to that Lions backfield again. For us, Craig Reynolds was number two among the wave wire top pickup options. And that's because David Montgomery left with a rib injury. Uh, head coach Dan Campbell seemed to suggest that Montgomery was not going to play this week at the Ravens. Jameer Gibbs had missed two consecutive games with a hamstring injury. Campbell had said more or less that Gibbs will be back, but I think yep. there's going to be room for a second running back to emerge. And Craig Reynolds has been the guy thus far. Mm-hmm. The backup to Craig Reynolds right now is Divine Zigbo. If you remember him from the Jacksonville yep. Jaguars days, not I, a big guy yeah, at all. No, exactly. I wrote Oz- Ozigbo into the outline before 
Campbell had spoke on Jimmer Gibbs. Okay. And when all I had known was he had missed two weeks, it's a hamstring injury, and Campbell hasn't said anything yet. Obviously, that changed. I can probably you erase a Zigbo from your list. And, well, that's why know. I go back to the Fournette mm-hmm. thing. Like, I, Fournette's a better player than Devon Zigbo. And you can say whatever yep. you want about Fournette, but like, I would much rather have mm-hmm. Fournette. And the Lions, the Lions are clearly contenders, right? Yeah. So I guess they yeah. would be in play. They're they're more. I mean, we can tell from the outside that there are more serious contenders from the Rams. I think the Rams believe. Sean McVay has got those guys believing that uh, that they are just a series of contenders here. But, uh, no, Craig Reynolds is the only option there. You know, I had him as number two, and I think uh, there is there is some red zone work and there is touches for him, even if Gibbs is around. Because the only downside here, of course, it's a, it's a pretty tough matchup. They're on the road at Baltimore, so that makes things a, a... – It's tough, but it's not that tough. And they're coming off the London travel, which, as you remember from mm-hmm. the Packers last year, can completely decimate uh, lesser teams. The Ravens are not a lesser team like no, Matt LaFleur's Packers. Yeah. But, I mean, that travel stuff really makes a difference. The Bills were coming off it last week, only scored 14 points against a Giants team that could have started you on the defensive mm-hmm. line. Yeah. Oh, boy, I don't I don't know about that. I can take space, but I don't think I can move people anymore <laughs> like I used to. Oh, yeah, my God. Uh, I, can't, I, I can't even imagine taking an NFL. So 15% on the, the 49er guys is more or less what we were saying either way. Mm-hmm. It's less for the Lions uh, and specifically Craig Reynolds. I think because there are 7%, so many options, 8%? I'm going to go like a like a $4 bid. Like I'm, yeah. I'm going to go like a $4 bid to make sure mm-hmm. that I think Reynolds plays. And like even if they sign Fournette, I think Reynolds does enough. And Montgomery might miss more than one week. So that, that factors in a little bit more. Yep, exactly. I mean, uh, I do have Montgomery in a league, but I also happen to be using my IR spot on James Conner in that league. So we're in a we're 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 in a tough spot. But you know what? Everybody's in a tough spot. There's carnage this week, so we're definitely not alone in that. So the thing is, is I I was thinking maybe go six on Craig Reynolds, but is Craig Reynolds really any more attractive than um, than Zach Evans or or, or uh, Royce Freeman of the Rams here? Because uh, it's very very similar situations here. Where so this kind is of- the- tricky part because mm-hmm. the dynasty community loves Zach Evans. He was a five-star recruit back in high school, really disappointed from a collegiate perspective, but everyone knows Zach Evans with all the highlight films and tapes that he had. And I think it's, mm-hmm. it's a conflict of, it's a contrast in how people play the game and what they think about, yeah. because you're thinking Zach Evans, high school standout, Royce Freeman, multi-year journeyman yep. a guy that just has stunk for a while. And I, I don't, I don't think it's that comparable. Like I, I don't yep. think it works that mm-hmm. way. Evans has arguably better opportunity, but Reynolds, we've at least seen it from in short bursts in the past year. So that's why I ranked him the way that I did. But yeah, Zach Evans, Royce Freeman, Leonard Fournette, who knows what the heck could happen here. But uh, yeah, just to reiterate, if you missed this at the beginning, Kyron Williams uh, had an MRI on his ankle. He's going to miss at least week seven with an ankle sprain. Ronnie Rivers, I don't know if they put him on the IR already, but it's looking like an IR stint due to a PCL sprain, which is typically a four to five week absence. Now, Evans had four carries for 10 yards on an 11% snap share um of course he's going to get help with the top two guys gone this week here but um and then of course the matchup here you would think pitch pittsburgh on paper is decent against running backs they're 24th in, in ppr formats and 26th in standard formats so haven't exactly been great against opposing backs this week so and you know like it or not this is a rams offense that made kyron williams into a top five fantasy running back oh yeah so whoever gets these carries is uh absolutely um, you know, is going to be doing something. The only concern is, of course, Zach Evans' first non-special team snaps of the year were last week. So, you know, very raw, very new. It's just, it's really tricky. Royce Freeman is is going to be a better pass catcher too, which is kind of where the value for Kyron Williams lies. I was I was hoping that the schedule for the Rams would make it easy in terms of how long Kyron Williams is going to be out. 
It, it does not, Jake. Uh, the Rams have three more games and then they're by. So if you were to say, hey, Kyron Williams is going to put you on injured reserve, you're talking about a five-week span where he's going to miss time. I don't think the injury mm-hmm. seems that severe. We haven't and heard I, the I, words high ankle sprain yet. So Right. And like if they're going to play it safe in that, like it doesn't it doesn't work that way. I would I think I'm going of all these running backs, and I guess I'm in fifteen leagues, Jake. I know you're slightly less, but not mm-hmm. many less. What do I got? Uh, like eight, eight or eight. I, or so I think Royce stuff? Freeman is going to end up being the most rostered running back out of uh, out of all these leagues for me, because he's going to be the cheapest to acquire. I would have to imagine in maybe all but two or three. You can get him for zero dollar. You know, wake up four in the morning on Tuesday or Wednesday and pick him up right away. I don't mm-hmm. think you need to go ahead and be aggressive for it. And obviously, Fournette signs with the Rams instead of the Lions or something like that. Definitely don't need to. Yeah, but yeah, I, the last I thing really you want to do is spend just as good. Yep, is spend twelve percent of your budget on on a Zach Evans and then have them and then two days later have them sign Leonard Fournette. It's the Amari DiMarcado problem, which mm-hmm. that's another backfield too. I, I think I would rather have Keontae Ingram because I have a feeling he's more of the starter. Now it's bad offense, but if you're doing it just by one week, and I think at this point you have mm-hmm. to, Cardinals play the Seahawks, who have had a better defense. Uh, but I don't think everyone assumes they're just these world beaters because they held the Giants and Bengals to you know, under 20 points, whatever it was. And Keontae Ingram was more involved just mm-hmm. altogether. They even had Damian Williams. That's a real journeyman guy, just like Royce Freeman, mm-hmm. also see more snaps than DeMar, or at least uh, more, yeah. more touches. I'm glad you brought up Keontae Ingram because uh, somehow, I don't know if it was because of the late game or whatnot, but that uh, that, that kind of blew past me. He's only 20% rostered in Yahoo leagues, and he's uh, he's right up there. He's clearly better and starting over uh, DeMarcado there, so... Um, you know, I could easily see you spending more on on Keontae than someone like uh, you know Zach. I have, I would, I think I, I'm changing my rankings, and then Keontae Ingram would be three. I'm taking him over the Rams backs, but I want Craig Reynolds. And I want the 49er backs over him. Yep, fair enough. Yeah, he had 10 carries and 35.6 percent of snaps. DiMercato two carries, but 45.2 percent of snaps. All the pass catching and uh, blocking. Work. Yeah, he ran 24 routes, and uh, yeah, and then did all the blo- and then Damian Williams only 16.4 percent of snaps, but still had eight carries for 36 yards. So yeah, Keontae Ingram is uh, it definitely gets a spot on here. But now, after we've hit these, you know, these interesting backfield situations. There are a ton of guys that are more established. Now, this is this is going to be more for 10 and 12 team leagues where these guys are available. I think sure. when we get to 14 and 16 teams, um, you know, these guys will be dried up. But we have to hit Ezekiel Elliott again, right? He's 43% owned. Ramondre had his best fantasy game of the year, and Ezekiel Elliott was still effective in that game. And, uh, of course, then Ramondre did exit with head and ankle issues, ultimately cleared to come back. But Ezekiel Elliott's only 43% rostered. He's definitely someone that needs to be on teams. And I'm going to throw here, I'm just, uh, I'm taking the cheap way out here, and I'm going to throw the drop candidates from Jerry's backfield breakdown here. Okay. Uh, you know, if you have Cam Akers, if you have Delvin Cook, if you have Jarek McKinnon, Samaje Pirine, Josh Kelly, Damian Harris, obviously carted off with a neck injury, hope he's okay. Matt Breida or Rashad Penny, obviously all those guys can can dropped at you know at, at this point here and you look towards guys like ezekiel elliott is one of them um devin singletary i feel like we have to talk about yeah because mm-hmm. he's 12 percent rostered so he's out there he's out there for the taking he out snapped damian pierce for the first time this year that is significant he also had more routes 14 routes to seven routes for, for damian pierce and the same amount of touches both had 13 Plus, it was Singletary in the game in crunch time there. So the problem is Houston has his bye this week, but then it gets Carolina, who's 31st against running backs, coming out. So very few of us are fortunate enough 
to uh, be able to pick someone up and stash them this week with six teams on by and all this injury right. carnage here. But we do have to hit Devin Singletary, even though he can't help you right away. Um, somebody more in the Ezekiel Elliott grouping, and this is probably the last time we get to talk about him, that's Tajay Spears. Yeah. I mean, he passes every eye test. He gets just enough usage with Henry being healthy. Um, I have Spears in a dynasty and a redraft league. I picked him up two weeks ago um, after somebody else dropped him, got impatient, you know. But uh, this is the last week we'll be able to talk about him. He is a threat every week to score a touchdown because they design plays for him. And I think they're going to have to get even trickier here uh, depending on how much time Tannehill has to miss. We're going to talk about Rasheed Rice a little bit later on in the show when it comes to the receivers. And a separate uh, rookie receiver that we've mentioned before, but is not on our spreadsheet, Jake. I want to surprise mm-hmm. you uh, right. with the push yeah, of the player. Start. But it's the same vein, of I think, for Tajay Spears, where I would be trying to acquire this person now because yep. not that Derrick Henry's going to go uh, or like the Titans are going to trade him, although with Tannehill possibly out for a couple of weeks, maybe they do just kind of commit fully mm-hmm. to uh, the Titans sticky this year and you know whatever Malik Willis and Will Levis look like. Which is mm-hmm. bad. That's that's gonna be very bad. Like I, I think Tajay Spears is gonna play more as the season progresses. And there's a few yes. of these candidates that maybe this week, if you have somehow the roster capability of doing so, to make sure you acquire that and, and take mm-hmm. advantage of what is going to be. I, I think it's unquestionably going to be the diffest, diff, most difficult roster week there is. Yep. I would try to take advantage of that. Yeah, and, and if anything else, we put him on the outline just to say Tajay Spears shouldn't be your desperation drop if you can at all avoid it. Yeah, because yeah, I know people yeah. are going to think that and be forced into that corner sometimes, but um, I, he's definitely worth keeping around here. Um, in another similar reign, I wanted to shout out Roshan Johnson. He's at 52%, so just mm-hmm. misses our threshold. But he fell enough uh, after missing week six with the concussion. But he's back, and Khalil Herbert's still on IR. And he'll presumably be ahead of Devontae Foreman for carries. So definitely take a look at Roshan Johnson if you can. How capped is the Bears' offense when you have – a quarterback named after a food item and baguette, uh, but not really, uh, being your starting quarterback. Isn't there from, an N in there? It is, but I'm going to just call him baguette because that's that's all that matters to me in this in this. All instance. I know is I, I can't wait to drop over, drop over to Vintage Brewing Company and uh, remind all the Bears fans I have season-long bets with here because I think I, they only need to lose one or two more times and I cash And you already get the cash in. That's, yeah, I, like that's the only issue with Roshan, and I, I think they might have to care, give him 20 carries and Foreman 15 because I, I don't know how that <laughs> offense – and they play the Raiders this week. Like that should be just fine. Yep. But it's, I mean, the Raiders gave up 80 yards and a touchdown to A.J. Dillon, so – <laughs> right on uh, two yards in the cloud of dust it felt like ryan grant all over again from the early 2000s uh if that's the case something like that yeah i, I we don't want to, there's just too many running backs i don't want to spend much more time on some of these less attractive options okay. but there I'll is do the it in a sentence yep i'll do it in a sentence yep yeah kareem hunt 36 percent rostered started saw season high 38 percent snaps season high in carries 12 season high in touches 15 jerome ford still outproduced him but hunt is getting more involved um, and then, of course, Latavius Murray is only 14% rostered, but he had 47.5% of snaps compared to 50.8% for Cook. Just two less carries, even though he's a lot less productive. Cook also isn't really getting the red zone touches either. Right. And remember, Damian Harris was carted off the field with that neck injury. We hope he's okay. But Latavius Murray is back on the fantasy menu, boys. Are you uh, are you dropping Jerome Ford in, like, 12 team leagues? No. Seeing what Kareem Hunt... Okay, good. Because I'm not either, and I, I'm actually... Not at all turned off by those mm-hmm. results with Kareem Hunt. I think yeah. it's easier to have both those guys involved than just mm-hmm. one doing Nick yeah, Chubb yeah. stuff. Exactly. I'm just important. saying with injuries and buys, I wanted to get through a big, long list of names for people to type in so you have somebody that you can start with at least a slim degree of confidence this week. Yeah, definitely a long list. And unfortunately, I don't think there's an easy 
uh, conclusion or answer as we're doing the show Tuesday. But we have lots of different content on the site. I think we have waiver wire articles literally getting posted Wednesday, Thursday, and even Friday mm-hmm. uh, on RotoWire itself. And of course, you got a lot of different places where you can reach both myself. Mm-hmm. I think there are Jake. two or three more waiver wire YouTube videos on this channel. Yeah, alone. yeah exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We're just a, a long a form podcast here, for so we get to draw out our ideas a little bit after our, after our big rankings here. But uh, so yeah, hopefully, plenty of resources for you. Here. Uh, before we get to a receiver group that probably is lackluster relative to just the swath of running backs we just discussed, let's get a word from our sponsors, the place that you were at last week, Jake. Circus Sports, oh, yeah. get ready for the ultimate big game parties at Circus Resort and Casino. Super Sunday is in, Las Vegas, is in Las Vegas this year. You can watch the big game poolside at Stadium Swim's big game viewing party. That's going to be awesome. Massive scream. Massive screen, booming game sound, and a view of the pyrotechnic and visual effects throughout the game is all right there. Staying the best seat in the sun with daybeds, poolside boxes, cabanas, and more. Or touchdown at the world's largest sports book, Circus Sports, for the big game bash, three stories of football glory, featuring a 78 million pixel screen. Book your seat with a variety of reservation options, including uh, bottle service, open bar, stadium style food, and more. Don't miss these legendary viewing experiences on February 11th. The big game parties only at Circa Resort and Casino Reserve today at CircaLasVegas.com. You and I love going there. Obviously, you get to you do get to spend time there. So I, I've been to Vegas at least a dozen times, and I have never um, been there on an NFL football Sunday before. I'm so jealous. It I'm was, really so it, jealous. It, it was, um, and it was surreal to go. Uh, you know, I was there with some of my friends, my brother-in-law, a couple of his friends. Um, I was like, guys, uh, we have to, you know, a couple of Vegas first-timers. I was like, one, we have to go downtown, hmm. and we have to get a glimpse of what's going on downtown. But two, the best place in the city to watch uh, football is at Stadium Swim at Circus Sportsbook. And um, oh, it's just a sight to behold. You, uh, you couldn't believe it. You, you sit back and you are Was it as glorious as it had seemed? Like just getting to chill in the pool and get to watch all those games, a lot mm-hmm. of action. Did they have yeah. the Red Zone channel going? Um, they What they did is they actually had um, they had the main national TV game because we were mostly there for the later games. I had a tough time corralling everybody in the morning. Um, so mm-hmm. they had the national, they had the Chiefs game on, of course, the Taylor Swift game special, and then uh, they, they kind of do their own cutting in and out um, okay. based on based on how it's going. You know, they don't they don't have the red zone up here, but it was. Uh, but you can still see, of course, every single game that's on. You can watch whatever's there. You know, I, I had stake in Jalen Hurts and the and the Eagles, so I was watching that. Um, but yeah, no, overall, just uh, just an insane experience. And I've already mentioned on this show, I will never pay for UFC tickets at T-Mobile again yes. when I can go to Circa and sit and watch these UFC pay-per-views in the pool. I think it's the best place um, to do that. And it, it is, uh, and you can you can ha- run up the alcohol tab you want, and you still won't spend half as much as you will as a seat at, at, at T-Mobile there. Um, so uh, yeah, no, nothing but great things to say about Stadium Swim. And we're our obviously friends at sponsored Circa. by Circa Sports uh, doing this stuff. This is not in the read. Like you and I, legitimately mm-hmm. love Circa. I didn't. <laughs> I, it's, it's like I enjoy going there. I'm yeah. actually envious that you got to experience. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't want to be there. the do you know who I am guy, but I'm thinking like, man, could I? Leverage yeah. the sponsorship somehow to like maybe not have to pay a cover for this group with, or like, whatnot. Everybody though, that's but uh, but no, I, I legit went in there as a private citizen and uh, just you know just did my thing, man. Had some fun. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about those receivers because there there has to be something more than just all these running backs. And I mentioned Rasheed Rice, who of course they played Thursday, so I think you kind of forget a little bit of what happened as all the action unfolded Sunday. I thought clearly developed into the number one receiver for the Chiefs. Kadarius Tony was featured very heavily in that win over the Broncos, but it was Rice that was making the critical plays opposite of Travis Kelsey, much like we talked about 
at the start of the season when we were saying who are guys that we're targeting from a late yeah. round perspective. Hey, I loved Rasheed Rice. Can we fast track here because Kadarius Tony wasn't really featured that heavily. He had three catches and a touchdown, but he was he only was on the featured in the extent that they made yeah. plays okay. for him, but he didn't do anything mm-hmm. with the feature. Now we work. need to, we need to remember that some of this was Justin Watson dislocated his elbow and left the game. Tony still only had forty two percent of snaps. Mm. Rasheed Rice forty seven point eight. Sky Moore fifty two point two. And MVS fifty six point five percent. So um. And then, and it was Rasheed Rice who had uh, who had a much higher route share than he did the previous week. Um, so it's really tough to predict how this is going to go behind Kelsey. But at least we know Rice is heading in the right direction, and it's probably the last chance we can talk about him unless he goes out here and has a dud. Because uh, you know, forty five percent Yahoo people are figuring it out. Yeah, yeah, I, I like him quite a bit. Um, then there's Trey Palmer who we had talked about two weeks ago before you actually were on your Vegas trip and had said, hey, Mike Evans injured with the hamstring, but mm-hmm. the Buccaneers are in a bye. So just keep that in mind. Well, Mike yep. Evans played, Chris yep. Godwin played, and yet Trey Palmer still was a thing. Yeah, Palmer had as many targets as Godwin. Uh, now, granted, Mike Evans is was, you know, he was essentially the man here. Well, I mean, technically Godwin had uh, more catches and target or more catches and yards, but uh, Evans still had 10 targets. Baker's basically going to take his shots at, at Evans, uh, you know, a certain amount of times per game. And we're not getting away from that. But all of this is to say is that Trey Palmer is wide receiver three, um, 64.8% snap share, 24 routes, seven targets. Those were all three top three with as many targets as Godwin here. Um, obviously Mike Evans being fine. Um, doesn't necessarily uh, help Trey Palmer's situation here. But um, Palmer is the wide receiver three. He's zero percent rostered in Yahoo leagues. He there's there's a, there's a roster spot for him. And if you really need a flex and a pinch, you could you could do it if you had to. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with you uh, on that one. And there's Wandale Robinson, who really was more of a factor. And we did talk about the Monday night game or, or Sunday night game, I should say. I, I'm combining them. I just assume Daniel Jones is always on every primetime game possible. Uh, Tyrod Wanda- Taylor, though, this time. Or Tyrod. Yeah, well, Tyrod. Yeah, thank you. Well, we saw plenty of Daniel Jones's forehead on the sideline. Don't you worry, Jake. We can never miss that. Wandale Robinson uh, was a critical enough factor for the Giants passing attack and got a few major targets. It was – I. Was it Sterling Shepard at the very end that pass that got broken up that yeah. looked like it was wide open? But otherwise, Wanda mm-hmm. Robinson really was oddly a enough, factor. Oddly enough, Slayton and Hyatt were on the field for more snaps, but it was uh, Wandale Robinson who led the entire team in targets here. He had eight, Waller had seven, Slayton had six, and Hyatt had four, which is, which is interesting. Maybe they'll use Hyatt some more. But it looks like Wandale Robinson is probably uh, the receiver to own on this team, but the question is, do you really want to own any receivers here? We'll see what's going on with Daniel Jones. I know he missed this game with a neck injury. It was kind of a, a surprising thing. I've seen a lot of rumors out there on Twitter. Now, listen, none of this is substantiated, but um, I've seen a lot out there that might suggest, maybe I get too deep in my Reddit rabbit holes, but I've seen a lot out there that might suggest, like, Daniel Jones is one bad knock away from missing the rest of the season, and maybe that's just the cop out here to take. He had this year. injury we'll uh, earlier in his career. But, yeah, too. but this isn't something that's completely new, and this is something right. that is more serious than the Giants are letting on. That's all I'm going to say about that. Again, this is unsubstantiated. For I don't have boots worth, on the ground. They, I'm not a journalist, pretty, but they've been pretty adamant he will play next week. For for what it's worth, um, but you know, say he plays and and something doesn't go right. No, you, I you know, I agree. I I'm not I'm not discounting what you're saying. Uh, and I could very well assume the Giants being stupid. I bet you they have some injury policy out there that, hey, get some of this bad co- contract money back. Let's go. Giants would never do that. That's, that would never happen in the NFL. Stop. Yeah, stop. no, yeah, that would never happen. In the National Football League, no way. <laughs> no, nobody, nobody would be that callous. Uh, a couple of guys that are just under our threshold that you should probably look at, although with all the running back options, 
might still not consider. There's Jamison Williams, who had yeah. his big touchdown reception against the Buccaneers. <laughs> and there's Smith the Jigba, who finally got involved with the Seahawks uh, and their offense and had done nothing really prior to it. Yeah, no, uh, Smith the Jigba is interesting. 48% rostered. He ran the same around, amount of routes as DK Metcalf. I might have mentioned this in the beginning segment, looking at my notes through here. Uh, fair to mention that DK Metcalf briefly exited with a hip injury. Then came back into the game, so that could have played a little bit of a role into this. But a lot of times, uh, you know, we're heading into week seven here. It's time to let some of these rookies loose and see what we got. Maybe that's happening here. Okay, and that's and then uh, Curtis Samuel as well for the Commanders. I don't know what's going on with Jahan Dotson. Uh, it's to the point where I wasn't super invested in him, but I would have cut bait a mm-hmm. while ago. There's still Terry McLaurin. Logan Thomas has been featured. But it's Curtis Samuel that's not been kind of a critical factor for a couple weeks. Yeah, exactly. I think we all got enamored with Jahan Dotson's uh, touchdowns last mm-hmm. year, and there has been some negative touchdown regression there, of course. And But see, here's the thing. Curtis Samuel is 35% rostered. He scored 14-plus PPR points in three consecutive games, touchdowns in back-to-back weeks, 19 total targets, of which he's caught 17 in that three-week span here, I don't think we can just ignore him anymore. And I mentioned Sam Howell a little while, you know, at the beginning as the top quarterback pickup. We have to think of Curtis Samuel as the wide receiver too. You know, it's not a sexy mm. name. It's someone that's been around the league for quite a while um, and is always, you know, a little bit of a PPR guy, I mean, you know, more short routes than, than, than a deep threat. But they like him enough in the red zone. He seems to find kind of sneak his way into these seams. Yeah. And, um, you know, you can't argue with the results of late. So he should be rostered in more than 35% of team, of leagues. That that one receiver, uh, and you can look up his, I guess, roster rate threshold in a little in a little bit here, Jake, that I want to talk about that wasn't on our show sheet. Marvin Mims. Uh, and I mentioned it last week with Jim Coventry, and I think it's going to matter even more now we are entering week seven. The trade deadline, I think, is week eight. Week it might be week nine. One of the we are two weeks away from the Broncos full sailing and full sending uh, their receivers at Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. The passing attack has to matter to some extent because their defense is so downright bad. And Marvin Mims can play when he's explosive. I would pick up Rasheed Rice first of the receivers. But the next receiver I would be looking at is Marvin Mims if I have a roster spot to stash because if he gets the opportunity, if Sutton mm-hmm. or Judy is traded, and I know Steve Smith, Steve Smith of the Panthers would never want that to happen, but if Judy were to be traded, Marvin Mims becomes a top 35 mm-hmm. fantasy receiver, I think, rest of the season. Yeah, so this is where I struggle with this, right? Because I think right now I would actually take uh, Curtis Samuel and maybe Smith and Jigba over Mims. But I understand where you're coming from from Mims because he has been successful when they give him the ball. The problem is, is they don't give him the ball. You know, we're looking at the snap sheet, or the, uh, snap sheet here. Um, you know, not a single target this week here. And Lil Jordan Humphrey and Brandon Johnson both got more snaps, a higher snap share um, than him. Brandon Johnson ran 10 routes, Humphrey only four, whereas Mims, Mims only ran seven routes the whole game and wasn't targeted a single time. So, Jake, I, I have the answer for you on this one. You, yeah. you don't see it. I, I put my conspiracy hat off to the side, uh, but it's because the Broncos wanted to feature Judy and Sutton so they could get more trade value on a primetime game. And we'll see this week against the Packers when there isn't as many eyes. Marvin ah. Mims is going to be more involved. Interesting here. But, you know, is featuring these guys – Sutton four forty six in a score three for fourteen for Judy. They, Is that they do the best they can featuring Jake. They, they, we're, we're we're using that I term mean, very loosely. Yeah, no, no. I like I like Marvin Mims as a stash, but I certainly cannot pick him up and start him this week. And no, I think with the well, way that uh, Joe Barry's bad. Yeah, yeah, I know. But but with the way that um, you, th- there are plenty of other 
options here that I feel confident in having a five-point fantasy floor, 15-point fantasy uh, ceiling, let's say. Marvin Mims has a zero-point fantasy floor, right? So, again, you have to have the luxury of having stash spots. And I do like Marvin Mims. He passes the eye test when I see him get used in these Bronco games. The problem is, is he's just not getting used for me. So um, that's why I'd hesitate, I'd hesitate a little bit. It would have to be – a. I mean, the league would basically have to be deep enough for me to consider it. The league would have to be deep enough that he's already rostered. <laughs> so it's a it's a kind of a catch twenty two there um, in that situation. And uh, before we move on, I do want to say last call on Jamison Williams. Only three targets, but he caught two of them for five and a score against Tampa Bay this week. He is forty nine percent rostered. I don't know about breakout breakout coming coming through soon here, but uh, you know if their running game is depleted and they have to spread the ball around a little bit more. Um, I certainly yeah, am a believer okay. in what Jamison Williams can do. That's I have Jamison Williams at stake league. I would sooner trade him. I don't I don't know what to do. I'm not playing him most weeks. Uh, but I I do have a pretty deep stable of yep. receivers that could be part. I think of I'm Hen- actually going to have to start him this week in my 16 teamer. Henry Vincent in the chat asks: Is it better to pick up Jordan Mason, Elijah Mitchell, or Craig Reynolds again? The top running backs this week. I had said Jordan Mason. That was my number one guy. But I'm going back to the comments that you saw Kyle Shanahan make, Jake, on Sunday, uh, suggesting Elijah Mitchell was has earned the opportunity to stay healthy. Well, he's going to be theoretically healthy potentially Monday against the mm-hmm. Vikings. I'm going Elijah Mitchell over Jordan Mason. I'm going Craig Reynolds over Jordan Mason too, and Mason's my number three. Of those three options. Yeah, that's how I do it. But again, this is a near impossible decision call to make on Tuesday, given they play Monday night. We need to see some injury reports for number one, McCaffrey, and number two, and number two, Mitchell. But yeah, just Google um, uh, Jordan Mason, top running back, Shanahan, or or run a Twitter search or or say for something like Elijah's earned a ton. You can see the full thing. It's not too hard to pick up on. Uh, That's what led me in that direction. Uh, That's fair. Um, Before we hit the quarterbacks, I'm just going to continue our. uh, Look what you made me do, Taylor Swift segment, as Taylor Swift is still with Travis Kelsey. Quentin Johnston, uh, you're dead to me. Chargers, you're dead to me as well, too. That you couldn't incorporate Quentin Johnston into your game plan after a week by and needing another receiver. Uh, I'm I'm overall sick of just general incompetence as a, as a coaching perspective, Jake. I, th- I think more this year than ever before, coaches are just doing dumb things inexplicably for too long of a time. And it has directly hurt the product that I spend far too much of my time talking about, researching, watching. And the Chargers are near the top of that list and have been for years. So uh, you're all dead to me, even though I have to cover you every single week. And uh, it's very frustrating to me. So Quentin Johnson and the Chargers are uh, my Look What You Maybe Do segment for this week. Yeah, yeah. He's definitely a cut, like uh, we we alluded to early. And um, I just, I, I don't get it, right? You use the 21st overall pick on a guy. Something is happening behind the scenes. Maybe him and Herbert don't get along. Maybe him and the coach don't get along. You know, whatever is going on here. But if he's not, if it's not happening now, Herbert, you know, maybe Herbert missed him on, on the one route where he was wide open. But if he's not happening now, I'm ready to uh, make that drop for someone who would. I mean, I would cut Quentin Johnson for Curtis Samuel or Jamison Williams in a heartbeat if you had the chance. Yeah. Uh, Tim J in the que- or in the chat asks, I have to stream quarterback this week. Who should I take? Howell, Derek Carr, Mayfield or Russell Wilson. Well, this teases up perfectly for yep. a great transition because we do need to talk about quarterbacks. So yep. of that, I guess I'll, I'll post the question for you, Jake, or <laughs> people on the video <laughs> audience. Who of these streaming options do you like the most? Yeah, like I uh, I mentioned at the very beginning of the show, we're going to try to keep our top five at the top of the very top of the show moving forward. Uh, the answer for me is Sam Howell, 38% rostered. He is at the Giants. I mean, granted, 
The Giants' defense looked a little bit better against the Jet Lake Bills this week, but I wouldn't count on that to keep up for all that long. Um, and I've mentioned in the beginning of the show, so if you're just tuning in, uh, and I pulled this from the Kevin Payne waiver wire column. Like I said, multiple waiver wire pieces going out every day on Roto-Wire here. Uh, Sam Hollow is averaging more fantasy points per game than Dak Prescott, Matt Stafford, Trevor Lawrence, and Joe Burrow. We just don't believe it because his name is Sam Howell. Right? And we talked about Curtis Samuel um, you know, emerging being effective yeah. here. Terry McLaurin, the turf toe. Um, I, I don't want to say it hasn't slowed him down, but I will say it hasn't slowed him down as much as I originally thought. Right. You know, we're not quite getting what we thought we'd get out of Jahan Dotson, but the McLaurin-Curtis Samuel is, uh, is successful. And um, he's got a great matchup here uh, at the Giants. You know, I'd prefer it a little bit if he were at home. But out, out of uh, out of the, out of the remaining options, um, I definitely like Howell. I mean, Baker Mayfield, he's 20, 28% rostered, uh, and he's against the Falcons. You know, that's a fine matchup too, but I don't like it as much as Howell. Derek Carr doesn't look great. I, I was really in on Derek Carr. I thought he was going to be good with his – the set of receivers is insane. Uh, you know, you got Olave, you got Thomas – you got, um, you know, Rashid Shahid had it, came out with a great game this week. He's only 25% rostered. He's at home against Jacksonville. Thursday. They're, they're part of that Thursday night. Yeah. Group yeah. Of oh, nasty. I hate that short week. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, and remember, Carr, even though, even if he's not listed on the injury report, he's just a couple weeks removed from. I spent a ton of fab on Jameis everywhere because he had an AC joint yep. sprain yep. that I thought it was going to be toast. So, and I don't trust this offensive line to stop Carr from taking big time hits either. So there's a lot going on there. I mean, you could go Mayfield or Carr if you really wanted to, but I think Sam Howell separates himself from this group of guys by a pretty sizable amount. I would go Howell, and then I would go Russ Wilson against uh, my Joe Barry Packer defense, and then it would be Mayfield and Carr. However, in a few options, I've had to just consider Carr or Josh Dobbs, as those are literally literally the only mm-hmm. two pickups. I think I'm going Carr, even though he's playing Thursday in – that's that's okay. the level. Like it's Josh I'm playing, Dobbs. Uh, yeah, I'm playing the, Josh Dobbs for Prescott this week in the Dynasty League. Unless yeah, I can yeah. scoop someone up. Yeah, it, it's like the the Kenny Pickett levels. Josh Dobbs. I'll take Carr over those guys. Or, or over like Mac Jones and Tannehill or whatever Titans quarterback starting. I'm taking I'm taking Carr over that group, but nobody else uh, really. I think from a from a super flex perspective, it's actually a little bit interesting because he had Malik Cunningham get activated for the Patriots, and uh, all Saturday and Sunday I was having to read tweets and notes about how they're going to get him more involved in the offense, and he's their Taysom Hill, et cetera, guy, and then the Patriots get curb stomped by the Raiders, and they're like, oh, who, who really cares? Their well, the thing is that was interesting about that whole situation is he was active over Bailey Zupa and, and Will Greer Zappi. I, I, I say Zupa because this one time at the Packer game, this Pats fan behind me insisted that it was pronounced Zupa, and I cannot get that dude out of my head. <laughs> I know it's Bailey Zappi. Whatever. Okay. Um, but anyway – the fact is that Malik Cunningham was on the active roster, and neither of those other two were. So if anything, that's almost a vote of confidence for Mac Jones because Malik Cunningham, you think of as more of a gadget guy, really. He's not really the quarterback that's going to lead the offense. Maybe Belichick's off the rails and is doing the crazy Charlie Day in the mailroom situation, like uh, right. you know, has this whole new conspiracy to, uh, to unload on, on the league that he's been saving this whole time. Um, or maybe not. But I will say that it wasn't necessarily Mac Jones' fault that they lost this game. Sure, you can blame some of the early play on him, but when they really needed it in crunch time, he threw a perfectly placed ball to Devontae Parker that hit Devontae Parker in the hands and and he dropped. It would have been got them right at the edge of field goal range, maybe only needed one first down to have a chip shot here. So I don't pin this entire loss here on Mac Jones. He made the throws when they needed him, so I don't know if that's necessarily as much of a 
you know, as, as much of a he's toast as uh, people are thinking. But I noted it for the two quarterback Superflex leagues anyway here. We got to talk about your Big F guy, right? Yeah, Baguette, and the reverse of that, too. Jimmy Garoppolo and the Raiders are going against the Bears, which could be <laughs> Brian Hoyer, could be Aiden O'Connell. Uh, I wrote in my article that there has to be grass somewhere in your neighborhood that you can cut as opposed to going ahead and watching this game. I think cutting grass – I'm a, I'm only mm-hmm. like two years into this dad thing, Jake, so it was on my mind that yeah. I just now need to naturally cut grass more being a dad. There, there, has, there literally has to be – Anything better. This is if you are forced to watch a Raiders-Bears game. You're like, hey, spouse. Hey, honey. I, you know, I'm going to put football aside for the early afternoon. I love you so much. Let's do, let's go to let's go to brunch. Let's, I'll take you out for brunch. And you're going to get so many kudos because you are you're, – and you're, you're helping your mental health, dodging what could be third-string Raiders quarterback and second-string, but really should be third-string Bears quarterback, play on a Sunday afternoon. <laughs> The over-under on this game is 37 and a half. I took right? the under. I, in my article, I put oh, under. Yeah. <laughs> Slam, bold that one, too. Mm-hmm. It's going to look a lot like that Badgers-Iowa game on Saturday that I was also at, which, by the oh, way, I'm sorry. I need to, I need. To, I don't think I'm going to go to a Wisconsin sports game for quite yeah, a while. I, I will pay you not to I, go to a I, I had game. two Brewery losses, Packer loss, Badger loss. I was at all of them. I just I don't know what the heck's going on here. I used to have such good luck. But anyway, so, yeah, that's terrible here. Um I already gave my little spiel on Daniel Jones, right? Terod Taylor played this week, but all indications seem to believe that Daniel Jones will be back for as ever long as he lasts. Got to hit the Browns. We didn't know until the weekend, really, that it would be P.J. Walker uh, stepping up for Deshaun Watson. Of course, P.J. Walker comes in and beats the 49ers. What an NFL script that was. Um, Trevor Lawrence is day-to-day with a knee injury. I don't think he seems super threatened. They play Thursday. They play Thursday. They do play Thursday. CJ Beathard is the backup there. So those are the two quarterback notes for this week. Yeah, let's just hope that uh, Trevor Lawrence plays. I think he will. It it doesn't sound like there's too threatening of it, but that's that's a tough that's a tough option uh, of super flex quarterbacks out there. Uh, From a tight end perspective, we had mentioned John Smith last week. Kyle Pitts getting involved again. Um, Desmond Ritter plays the Buccaneers this week. I would sooner assume the Ritter offensive explosion ends uh, with that Buccaneers defense, and it's also at Tampa Bay. But, you know, Johnny Smith uh, and Kyle Pitts continue to be interesting options. You mentioned Michael Mayer at the top of the show, and we finally got to him here. I wholeheartedly agree with you. Uh, I thought in the Packers game, and the few receptions he got, I think he had three for 37 or, mm-hmm. or thereabouts, he looked really explosive, like yep. quicker and faster. He's earning his touches. He's yeah, earning his touches, and now he's finally getting this them. Week too. Season high with six targets, five catches, 75 yards, all season high. Oh, career highs, right? Because we got a rookie. Um, I think he is w- probably one of the more attra- – like I said, I had him in my top five overall pickups this week here because the tight end situation mm-hmm. is tough. And he is – I'm going to double-check to see if he if I can still grab him in my 16-teamer because I'll use the top waiver priority on him. Yeah, he, he's been uh, involved. Austin Hooper was previously blocking his way. Why we had to even pretend like that should happen in the first place is – once again, back to my uh, look what you made me do segment in terms of bad coaching and just stupid choices. But mm-hmm. thanks, NFL, uh, for making our job a little bit easier because Michael Mayer should be a top pickup. Luke Musgrave, again, going against the Broncos defense. I'm having to drop him uh, due to roster constraints, but I, I hope many don't have to because yep. next week might be the best sell-high point because he's already passed his buy <laughs> as well. See, while you're dropping him, I'm actually flexing him in a couple situations here, okay. right? He's down to 18% rostered. You know, he's coming off. Obviously, they had a buy, and I think he had six catches against the Raiders. It was all short yardage, but it was— uh, seems like too many, but he, he was involved, and he has been involved often, mm-hmm. to yeah, your point. Yeah, no, okay, I'm going to double-check on that quick. But my point here is that Denver is dead last in the league in um, terms of fantasy points to allowed 
allowed to tight ends in standard formats, and they're the third worst in PPR <laughs> formats. So Denver is the play. Any, like I started Tyler Conklin against Denver a couple True. weeks ago yeah, when I had right. two, and he got me seven fantasy points. Like, okay, whatever. Musgrave's a lot better than Conklin, right? And um, let's take a look here. Oh, uh, before the bye week against the Raiders, Musgrave caught six of seven targets, oh, only right. for 34 yards. But there's something here, right? I'm going to call. I'm going to come out and call right now. His first touchdown of the season happens Ooh. this week against the Broncos. Okay. I like and, that. I actually like that bet. I, I'm, I'm yep. down for you on that one, this too. Is, uh, this, is, this is Musgrave's time here for sure. So I know we've beat him all year, and it's been very mi- minimal mixed results. We seem to talk about this guy every week, either before the year is a sleeper or during the year. Why is he so low rostered? He might, we might seem like homers here, but uh, I actually really think that his first touchdown of the year comes this week. It's time. Uh, any other tight ends before we get to the streaming defenses? Wanted to stick Taysom Hill in there. I don't love it, but uh, he did catch seven passes for 49 yards on a season high. Eight targets while also completing a four-yard pass. A lot of this is, has, has to do with Jawan Johnson being out for the Saints. So Taysom Hill is a uh, you know, tight end option if you need it. Okay. Um, streaming defenses, we really only have a few questions, so I'll, I'll key those up while you break down the streaming defensive calls. Mm-hmm. All right, so this is one where I'm going to uh, I'm going to stray a little bit from uh, our, our main writer on the site here. I think the Browns, even though they're on the road, they're at Indy, they're only 28% rostered. They are the number one defense, not just because they have a good matchup this week against Gardner Minshew, but because if they can shut down the 49ers, they can shut down anybody. I think Payne might have mentioned that in his article as well. So even though they might not have the best matchup this week alone, I'm going to pick up the Browns, and I'm just going to leave them sit in my lineup. Right, because they have plenty of playmakers. They have, you know, a great defensive front that'll get sacks, and um, you know, it's just a low floor, low maintenance option here. And I'm gonna, yeah, pick up the Browns, leave them in the lineup here. Again, they're at Indianapolis here, uh, so I have them number one. Uh, my ranking number two. This is also Jerry's number two. We got the Raiders. Now they're 47 percent rostered, um, so they're really close. But they're at Chicago, and of course, you got you got Bagent there, Tyler Bagent uh, for the Bears. Who knows what this Bears offense looks like without Justin Fields? Both of these teams are going to be terrible but what i do know out of everything in that monday night game that i went to and saw in person the one one of my huge takeaways is that max crosby is a menace and uh that is going to that is going to propel the raiders defense and help their fantasy floor as well on a week-to-week basis so at chicago i don't care if they're on the road give me that 37 point over under that's only going to probably keep creeping down as the week goes down um it looks like Daniel Jones will be back. I was slightly interested in the Washington Commanders at 31% at the Giants here, but if Daniel Jones is back, I'm slightly less in that. And um, one that flew past my radar that I didn't see, but uh, if you want a home team, all those teams I mentioned around the road, sometimes when you're streaming you want the home team, uh, Jerry actually ranks the Seahawks number one. They're only 2% rostered in Yahoo Leagues, and they are uh, home against Arizona. So, for example... Um, I have Miami, and uh, Miami's had Eagles. a hit. Yep, and they've had a pretty solid week, but I'm definitely cutting Miami this week when they play the Eagles and taking a look at these streaming options here. So that's how I'm handling it this week. I think I would take the the Browns, number one, over the, the against the Colts. And I don't know if I feel quite the same way. The Browns' schedule is going to be difficult uh, over the next <laughs> sure. few weeks. But Sorry, they're 28%. I think, I, I, think you can, I think you can set it and forget it. And that's, yeah, uh, you can I, stop streaming defenses if you pick up the Browns, and that's attractive enough for me. Yeah, I don't, I don't want to do that, but I would pick them up this week. I think the Seahawks is number two because Josh Dobbs has kind of fallen off from the Cardinals' perspective. Seahawks are favored by eight. It's in Seattle. I thought that was kind of a high spread 
if you believe the Cardinals were competent, and I guess Vegas mm-hmm. does not think so. So something to point out. I have a few questions for you, and I guess I'll start first uh, with one that I was, I was more or less answering, Jake. Um, but this this rounds out to the flex perspective. Who would you rather start at flex? Uh, you got Zay Flowers or Kelvin Ridley uh, this week. Again, Jacksonville plays Thursday against the Saints. And the Ravens, boy, the Ravens are playing another difficult team. The Lions uh, in Baltimore, coming off the London trip. Man, this is really tough. I um, I actually have a similar dilemma in one of my leagues where it's Ridley, Flowers, Godwin, and Nico Collins, and I can only start three of them or something like that. Yeah. Um, man, uh, it's a good problem to have. I think that Calvin Ridley's ceiling on a week-to-week basis is higher. Now, granted, I'm still starting Calvin Ridley too. Yes, I, I and it is getting. I this my mind could easily change on this if uh, you know Zay Flowers has another excellent week because Zay well, Flowers Christian Kirk has could play great. in the slot, right? And then Marshawn Lattimore by default is covering Calvin Ridley on the outside more. Maybe that that yep. maybe that's as simple as that. You, just, mm-hmm. you don't want to be covered by Marshawn Lattimore. Yeah, yeah, games. no, I, I agree with that, and it is worth noting that Zay Flowers leads the all Ravens receiving options uh, in snap share and route run percentage and air yards and tar- and basically every metric that you can think of. Zay Flowers is wide receiver one for Lamar Jackson, Ravens. and he is absolutely someone uh, you know that you're fortunate to have in, uh, in fantasy. But uh, I'm still leaning Ridley here. I don't think I can move off him yet. Sticking in Baltimore, um, Lyndon Norfins asks, are we bailing on Keaton Mitchell? Of course, Keaton Mitchell was activated off injured reserve last week. Uh, had been previously tossed around. We had mentioned him maybe two weeks ago because Adam Schefter had reportedly talked about him uh, and, or Reddit ran wild with it, like much like they did with Will Levis going number one overall. It was one of those scenarios. Uh, Keaton Mitchell's really fast and might be good. Ravens offense, I don't know what I feel about them, and it's not like they're playing Keaton Mitchell much in London anyway. Yeah, uh, There's a lot of running backs that I want to roster this week, and I think Keaton Mitchell, unfortunately, becomes one that I, I would cut, mm-hmm. uh, hoping that we don't have to talk about him next week. That would be my yeah. goal. No, I mean, yeah, so the answer to the question is yes. I guess I, I'd bail on Keaton Mitchell. Um, you know, they seem to be confident enough in Gus Edwards and Justice Hill uh, so that, you know, that's enough for me. If you, if I have to eat crow and use a high fab bid on him in, in a couple of weeks, I'm fine, but I can't confidently grab him and start him over any of these other running backs that we talked about on the entire show. And guess what? Six teams on by, you need to flex this week and it shouldn't yeah. be Mitchell. Last question, Jake. Uh, I guess I don't even know which side Luke, uh, is asking here, but I'm curious, would you rather have Deandre Hopkins rest of season or Devonta Smith rest of season? Um, you know, I think. Even though Devontae Smith is trending downwards as well, yep. um, I don't think he's sinking quite as fast as DeAndre Hopkins here because um, I, I don't I don't understand why Hopkins isn't getting more targets. He's def- I watched a little too much of that Tennessee game that I care to admit. He's he's definitely getting open, right? That's yeah. not the problem here. Uh, but poor quarterback play is going to continue to be an issue for him. And then what happens when uh, the Titans decide that um, we'll they're no longer, or, uh, yeah, that they're no longer competing, or they go to the rookie? Does DeAndre Hopkins really want to be a part of that? There was also some. I think this was taken a little out of context, but there was also a funny Twitter video of uh, the guy that muffed the pump came and sat down next to DeAndre Hopkins on the bench, and Hopkins scooted up and ran out of there. Didn't even want to sit next to him on the bench. I think it was close to halftime, so I don't, I don't know if you want to want Hopkins isn't going to force his way out because he already looks like a fool for having signed with the Titans anyway. He yep. just wanted the bag. We all agreed that was the case. Uh, yes. And, and so I, I don't think he can mm-hmm. – 
he's too proud of the guy. Maybe I'm wrong on this. He's too proud to leave that scenario again. He's, he's a future Hall of Famer, right? Can yeah. we can we settle on that so. at this stage? I, I think, think he's so. a Hall of Famer. But um, to, to, but as far as yeah, rest of the season this year, even if Devontae Smith is the clear second fiddle to AJ Brown, which I think has proven and come to fruition over the last couple of weeks, we're going to get more productive games and probably even, maybe even more targets out of Devontae Smith than. Um, than we are Hopkins. So just, I would take the Devontae Smith side. Just to illustrate this a little bit further, we saw Malik Willis last season as the Titans quarterback, and I think we'll see it again for this season at certain points. Uh, at, at most, eight completed passes. You can't do anything fantasy-wise. Even if Hopkins is getting all eight, you can't do anything fantasy-wise when they're, an offense can only get eight completed passes. And the Titans have said on multiple occasions – both by the depth chart, by preseason games, and elsewhere, mm-hmm. Malik Willis is better than Will Levis. We think Malik Willis is better than Will Levis. So if that yep. says anything to you, you know that that's that's as defining as it possibly yep. can to me. I would much rather have Devonta Smith. And I'll throw this out here with Tannehill. Uh, he does have the right high ankle sprain, right? Yep. Except it's not require expected to require surgery. But yikes, four to six weeks, something like that, of uh, of, of Malik Willis for DeAndre Hopkins. I'm. I am going to have a tough decision to make. It's going to be DeAndre Hopkins or Jamison Williams or waiver wire uh, moving forward, and I think it's going to end up being Jamison Williams. It's probably time to bench D-Hop. Jay, can I get a real quick look on Twitter since mine is pulled up? Somebody had asked, thoughts on Julio to the Eagles. Am I assuming Julio Jones? Did that just break while we were uh, doing our show today? Julio Jones to the Eagles, or is that just not even a thing? um, This literally happened 21 seconds ago. Um, so Julio Jones is signing with yeah, the Eagles? Yeah, signing with the Eagles. Oh, you know what else just happened? The Packers uh, signed uh, James Robinson. Oh, interesting. <laughs> um, interesting. Um, neither of those have any fantasy impact, I think. Yeah, so we can I, say I, I would sooner assume that I could be uh, fantasy relevant than Julio Jones to the Eagles. Literally does nothing at all. Please, mm-hmm. please tweet me every roster that uh, picks up Julio Jones because those – need to be put on like the terrorist watch uh, for fantasy football. Do not have those people in any fantasy leagues moving forward. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I just don't I, think I don't there's any way there can be any upside out of that. You might as well have Antonio Brown resign. <laughs> I mean, yeah, the, the only way that helps people is for Madden Ultimate Team. If you play that, you get his legend chemistry. You know, that's great. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's, now that's I know. You've already tuned me out at eSports yeah. talk. Yeah, you were great. Yeah, no, um, so yeah, I have no interest in Julio Jones. I and, and to a lesser extent, I have no interest in James Robinson from a fantasy perspective that's interesting they signed james robinson i hope that means aaron jones isn't more hurt than that that means patrick taylor is as bad as we we actually thought he was all right fair enough we can live with that all right that does it for us in the tuesday edition of the rotowire podcast again let us know how you like the top five edition if we should continue to do that moving forward uh i hope a lot of yeses because i don't think we're really changing our minds on that one uh and we'll be back in next week hopefully with less running backs but more defined running backs to discuss again best of luck in your fantasy lineups